random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents Kanshu Gesundheit. Bless you. A Moon Knight podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. And joining us on the other end of the tin cannon string across the pond. It's a really long string. We are joined with WWE referee on the blue brand Smackdown, Jason Ayers. Jason it's evening there, too, so good evening. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Wow. Cool. And on the bus. So before we on the bus, yeah. So before we talk about Moon Knight episode number five, what is the title of the episode, Eddie? Cause asylum. I, asylum. Ooh, it's like a soul asylum. Oh, I just love, you know, misery. And a runaway train. Runaway train. What else? Uh, That's all I know. Three Friends or whatever the song was. A good song. Anyway, before we talk about that, we got a little bit of Marvel housekeeping. We really haven't talked about a lot of what's going on in the House of Ideas, both on television, in comics, and movies, and games, and all that stuff. But we want to talk about some of the stuff. Jason, you had sent me right before we started recording an image that you had received. It's coming from comicbook.com of a bunch of stuff from the trailer, and we were literally dissecting it one after the other after the other in succession on in conversation it's one, first off, we see a person on fire. Then we see a blue Captain America shield. Oh, wait a minute. It's the UK Union Jack. And then we see a big yellow taxi. And I'm not talking about the Joni Mitchell song. Well, it's yellow. It's something. It's a submarine. Which, by the way, Jason, I don't know if I've ever asked you on the program, have you ever been in a submarine? Oh. I've never been in a submarine, no. Uh, I imagine probably my dad has, but uh, no, I, I have never been. First off for that, thank you for your time. Second, now let's talk about those three images we were talking about from the multiverse of Macho Madness. Yes. What what do you guys think these are intending to be? We'll talk. go with the first one, the person on fire with a domino mask. Well, I, you know, best I can tell, my, uh, obviously my first thought is Captain Marvel, but it you know, would have to be Monica, obviously, uh, you know, with the gray outfit, right? Yeah, I'm thinking that too. Especially, you know, it's got she's got the Captain Marvel force or whatever that is. You know, I was gonna say the glow, but that's the last dragon. So, <laughs> but I thought it was a health and beauty aid product. You stop that. <laughs> and I think we're all in agreement that is definitely uh, Monica Rambeau, and it would make sense for the whole element of bringing her in. Also, you have to bring her in because who is the main antagonist in this movie? Wanda. I wonder. I wah 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 wah, wah, wah wonder. There you go. My little <laughs> runaway. Yes, Del Shannon. Nice. Thank Very you. good. Hey, I like I like fifty sixties. Nineteen. I don't know. Sixty one. Good for you. <laughs> but we're going on based on that image. Looking at that, and that's kind of cool. Do you think they'll end up giving Monica Rambeau her own series for this? Oof. Well, isn't isn't she uh, part of the Marvel movie? I'm, uh, her and uh, Carol and also Ms. Marvel. Yeah, the uh, the Marvels, which the Marvels, right? 
I got to say, that's going to be really fun when we start covering uh, coverage for that movie. The Marvelist presents the Marvels on a Marvel podcast. Marvel, 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 Marvel. The name game. That's it. Image Comics. Shirley Ellis. 1950-something. See, I don't know that one very well, but I know of that song. Okay. But with that, you know, I like the idea that there's just, again, the flaming Captain Marvel. We got that going on in there. And just different elements of what makes the character who they are. She's lit. That is the most unexpected uh, kind of uh, slang term I've ever heard Eddie Wilson use, ladies and gentlemen. But on a different level, I'm, meaning. But no, she's I'm, in midair. She looks like she's some, you know, <laughs> flying position or whatever. And you said midair. I was expecting you to say it's very mid, and I would be like, "Really, Eddie? You're going to use no, that term? Medieval? Okay." But <laughs> we are seeing also in the second panel, the middle picture. The okay. middle. It is the shield from Captain Carter, and. She's going face-to-face with America Chavez, and wow, surprised to see that one. That's who that is, America yeah. Chavez? Who appeared, yeah, and she appeared against, uh, she was in the Joe Casey series, which, by the way, Joe Casey recently was complaining about the uh, sever- or the pay of the creators for characters like this, and it's understandable, you know, America Chavez, he's not getting much from Marvel in turn for this, and it's... That's what happens when you do work for hire, work for hire, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. What about a twelve? <laughs> but no, in regards to the whole element of you know the America Chavez thing, I'm excited to see the character finally reach the big screen, and it's it's surprising. It's you know a character that's this might be one of the newest characters to come to the big screen on par with like a Miles Morales, you know. That's what I was about to say. It's pretty recent. Uh... Debut, right? What was, what was it, 2012, 13, somewhere around in there, maybe? Or the newer than that, either? 2011, because Miles debuted the year uh, I got back in comics. And with, um, by the way, speaking of Miles Morales, we got over with the Spider Verse. We're getting a delay on the movie, which is unfortunate, but good things come to those who wait, ladies and gentlemen. So what what's just, causing the delay? Do we know? Uh, probably just production stuff. And let's be honest, you you know we don't know how things are going to go. You know, with rising COVID numbers, ba 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 ba. Throw that in there. Come on. It is. It realistically is the whole global world is how this is. You know, China with China being shut down multiple times, it makes sense. You have international markets. You have this. You have that. You want to have it running at the highest grade. Okay. So, but also, I wonder if it, if the fact that they're going to do the trilogy now might have anything to do with that. If they is had it, a story in mind that split into a second and third movie. It did get confirmed to be a trilogy? I believe so, yeah. They said part one and part two. Okay. I don't know if they have individual names yet or not, but... All right. That I'm fine with. You heard it here first. Well, I mean, we heard it from, like, you know, a random article, probably. First sub, sub <laughs> one? I don't know. Second. And then finally, in that photograph that you had sent us... The final image on the very bottom, we see... Hand of an old man. And that old man... In a chair, perhaps. A floating hover chair, ladies and gentlemen. yellow-ish. That is possibly the hover chair and hand of Professor Xavier. Professor! Now, if we're getting this, are we getting the Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart? Are we getting maybe a new actor later on in the movie portraying the character? We don't know, but Jason, you had mentioned off-mic about the possibility, since this is a whole multiverse thing, is this the X-Men 92 slash 97 version of the character? Right, which, you know, would make the most sense, especially since Captain Carter was, is a tie into another of the series, right? So, 
for them to pull a lot of these multiversal characters from the animated shows kind of trash. It makes perfect sense, and especially because everything that debuts on Disney+, Plus, they're trying to tie into everything with the quote-unquote multiverse. Although, ladies and gentlemen, once again, not getting tied into the multiverse. Hashtag Morbius sweep. Hashtag one trillion tickets, ladies and gentlemen. Jason, have you seen Morbius? Uh, no. Uh, my, that's my choice. There's a video on YouTube currently by Eddie Burback where he, not that, not you, Eddie. I don't know a Burback, so <laughs> wrinkle gets browed. He yeah. went to go see Morbius five days in a row. But he bought a ticket for everything, everywhere, all at once and snuck into every single Morbius showing so he wouldn't pay five times for Morbius. That's creative. Watching the video is one of the most entertaining things because he's also stalling for time by buying bottles of water and, you know, trying to, like, sneak around so he can get in and not get kicked out of having to sneak in to go see Morbius. You know, it's funny because in regards to uh, the overall things with the MCU, with the multiverse element, what do you think, Eddie, is going to be the next big thing with the multiverse? Who do you, who could you see being, like, a star with the multiverse stuff? Who's going to go into this fray next? Well, somebody – I was just going to back up and say that Professor, Professor Xavier, as in Sir Patrick Stewart, would be the most – Logical because we did in a non Spock kind of way. No, Eddie, listen, just because he's Picard doesn't mean that we're going to bring up a Star Trek reference right now. But we heard the line, we heard his line saying, Why don't we tell him the truth? Right? What was that from? I'm escaping me now. I got bus noise. Escape from New York. Oh, Escape from New York. Kurt Russell. Yes. Good old Jack Burton. Big trouble in Little China. If it wasn't Patrick Stewart, I think we'd have a little problem here. Well, one of the things in regards to you know this movie that I'm getting excited for is the element of what is getting what is going to be next. And to be completely <laughs> Wait, what happened? I heard that. Oh, I didn't I just <laughs> Sorry, I heard nerd call and I just no, that, it, got, that got me. <laughs> it was noise to me. Okay. Okay. But in regards to the overall things of what's going on with these kind of shows. It's funny because Moon Knight, we don't know how this is going to tie in overall to the MCU with, you know, the future of everything, but episode five of Moon Knight, that was a heck of a show. Crazy. Oh, no, Asylum, that's the name of it. Sir. Thank you. Jason, we're going to start off with you first. What did you think of the overall episode? You know, I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, the fact that the way they really took his trauma and his life origin story and unpack that into where the multiple personalities came from and kind of the modified version of the origin story and telling that through the afterlife aspect of it. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was uh, really, you know, showing how his childhood made it who he was. I think that's a very cool way of telling that origin story. That just, you know, he woke up in a, in a pyramid. Well, what got me in regards to the whole thing of the uh, split personality thing with this episode, people are going on asking, where is Jake Lockie in all of this? And I feel like I have a weird feeling Jake Lockie is not going to show up in the final episode. If they bring the character back of Moon Knight in a future series or something else, Lockie will show up as somebody else in another, you know, whatever. But right now, Jake Lockie is this show's Mephisto. I've seen so many fan theories... Maybe Jake Lockie could be this. Maybe Jake Lockie's behind the corner. Maybe he's behind the desk. Maybe he's sitting over here. Maybe he's on the moon. 
on the moon. Literally. Of all places. Yeah. But, you know, all these different things, these different theories, which makes me laugh. And I like the idea that in regards to this, you know, the whole split personality thing. First off, I had seen a... uh, a uh, comment, I believe, in the uh, Kinoplex. Uh, shout out to Taylor Stenhouse, uh, guest from episode number one of this here program. He ended up bringing, or somebody in the group brought up, he, the very first thing he does when he has the mental breakdown is create a British accent. What are they trying to say? Hmm? All British people are crazy? Hmm? No. No, but in regards to that, you know, it was, it's interesting because if you flash back over to our third episode with Dave Cirrus, you know, David brought up about the whole point of split personalities, multiple personalities go are the origin from sexual abuse and all that stuff, the trauma and all that. And while it's not what this is, you know, what happened to him, it is trauma that caused him to have these split personalities. And I think that's such a unique choice of doing that, of having it be that. You know, and kind of partitioning off that trauma into you know, the, the main personality and having the other personality can live without having to, to process any of that. Yeah. And, you know, we also, we finally got an explanation of where or why there is a hippopotamus. And by the way, uh, if you're out there on social media, look it up. I think it's on YouTube or Instagram. There's a video of Oscar Isaac performing a song about a hippopotamus on uh, Jimmy Fallon. And just hippopotamus, hippopotamus. It's a good song, ladies and gentlemen. It'll be stuck in your head because it was stuck in mine. It's still stuck in my head. Oh, I'm gonna send it to Eddie, and it'll get stuck in his. It head. probably will. It will. It, oh, it definitely will. And trying to pronounce the hippo's name in this thing, Towerette, I think. He's fat and dangerous. Therefore, and I said, should we recognize that voice that just at the end of episode four said, "Hi"? Should that be a voice we know? But maybe not. Probably not. It's Jackson Brown. No the way. The voice you may know. <laughs> or whatever the album title, or the Grace Hits compilation was called. I, it escapes me. No, I don't like, know. It is not. It's, it's not escapes me either. So there. Um, but no, Rupert I was, Holmes, the Pina Colada song. Escape. Yes, I was actually surprised after going through this episode, just having one watching of it, uh, that we're finding out. I'm thinking to myself, we're about. Mark Spector. Now, are we going to find out more about Stephen? And then I see, you know, the name Stephen Grant on a movie poster. And what? Stephen Grant has been made up? Yeah. Okay, I didn't expect that to be a thing. It was him literally taking somebody he admired and making that his alternate ego, which is great. I love that. I think that's such a... uh, When you're a little kid and you're, you know, being bullied all the time, seeing all this stuff, you're like... I want to be like my heroes. I want to be like Spider-Man. Obviously, he doesn't have a Spider-Man figure for him, but instead he has, you know, somebody else. And by the way, speaking of Spider-Man figures, last week on the show, uh, Ryan Michael had mentioned that it was a uh, He-Man figure of, you know, that he was holding. Right. Ryan corrected it and said it was in fact the he- the uh, Mar- the Moon Knight figure, the Walgreens exclusive removing the cape and putting a soft goods cape on there instead. Mm-hmm. So, ladies and gentlemen, it was, in fact, a Marvel Legends Moon Knight. So, once again, for me, I own the Moon Knight figure. Oh, my God, guys. <laughs> I actually also have the Moon Knight hoodie on the way soon. But you were upset that it was just a Walgreens exclusive, and I don't well, know, how long ago did it actually come out? It came out uh, in 2020. But the, the reason okay. I'm so upset about that is because of the fact it's like, give people an opportunity to get this as opposed to sold in, you know, uh, in a pharmacy, and it's like, hey... 
cool, I need to buy my ass cream and a Moon Knight figure. Ouch. Wonderful. You know, but also just like... The other what? Moon application. It's more of just a limitation <laughs> of how you can get the figure. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> full Moon. Absolutely. Or shades of phases. That's it. Phases. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a Moon phase. <sighs> I have a goth phase, guys. So who knew that an Egyptian talking female hippo would be your guide to an afterlife? Not the afterlife, but one of many possibilities, I guess. I got a kick out of it. I think it was uh, the Moon Knight Corps page, which, by the way, uh, knock on wood, hopefully you know everything can be set up, but next week uh, the boys from Moon Knight Corps will be guesting on the show, joining us for our grand finale of Moon Knight. What will the show be called that week? Oh, I don't know. Maybe something with Dracula. Final phase. Stop that. But no, it's a good one. Eh, we're going to try and incorporate Dracula because that's what they're known for. But in regard, Dracula phase, fine. But anyway, uh, in regards to the, uh, the somebody posted uh, four image or four images, no context spoilers. And one of the images was some Coca-Cola bottles. One was Ned Flanders. One was the uh, the Lonely Island in their music video. I'm on a boat, which was got me dying. And then there was something else. I forgot what the fourth one was, but like I said, I'm on a boat is an appropriate song for this episode. Sure. That's fantastic. Well, I was going to go back and say if we did have Jake show up, that maybe he would be driving a cab and you have the Harry Chapin song Taxi in there too. I think that'd be like, yeah, thumbs oh, up. Oh, Eddie. Oh, no, that's the Fonz, but oh, Yay. Eddie, Eddie. Uh, still, I'm just trying oh, to. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. All right. I just want to keep doing it. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Jason, in regards to this episode, though, with the uh, incorporation of Hip Hop hip hop Anonymous, what did you think of that idea to use her like that? I, I thought that, you know, it, I don't obviously know a whole lot about uh, Egyptian, uh, the Egyptian goddess. <laughs> uh, is, is that something that's, that's from... You know, the Egyptian goddess, like, is that, is that a legitimate reference Do we know? I, or... Let's ask our resident expert on Egyptian gods and deities and all that stuff, Eddie Wilson. Eddie? You think, huh? No, I don't remember a hippo in any Moon Knight reading, which is not altogether complete. Uh, but, but yeah, maybe in Egyptian lore, the, the animal, the hippopotamus, has relevance, significance, means something. So Wait, wait a minute. Maybe they, used, maybe they used a hippopotamus because it sounds close to Hip Hop Anonymous. No, but... Which, when they did Marvel issues of Moon Knight, they were doing hip-hop homage covers. But according to the... Mm. Th- sense. But according to the doctor, Dr. Harrow, he, he said rhino, rhinoceros. No, hippopotamus. You know, so they're no, not interchangeable. I don't know. No, rhino works somewhere else. But in regards to... <laughs> you want to fight me? Yeah. But in regards to uh, the overall idea of the uh, the utilization of the Egyptian gods and deities in this, I think... They have done a really good job in regards to that, mm-hmm. I would say. And just making you interested in the overall dynamic of what these characters are, you know? And Yeah, and, and, and tying that back to, you know, the Moon Knight origin story, I think, is, is uh, cool to have that character as, as a you know, guide all the way through his unpacking his trauma there in the afterlife. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash themarvelists. And on the $3 tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The $5 tier gets you our two bonus shows. One, Fantastic Voyage. 
where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. Yeah, and we do, uh, and I did hear someone just yesterday say that they thought it was this was the best episode of them ever. And I'm pretty close to thinking the same way, I would say. I'm in um, agreement as well. A uh, co-worker, actually, she had talked to me about this. Like, they, you know, in my office, I'm known as the comic book geek, you know, because sometimes I wear a cartoonist kayfabe hoodie to work. And, you know, just the whole idea of these characters, you know, they I'm associated with them. And one of the things was a uh, co-worker walks up and says, so are you watching that Moon Knight show? And I go, what do you need to know? And she goes... I watched the first two episodes and I don't know what's going on. I'm like, that's the tip. That's the good response. You're supposed to have that happen. Eddie, when you were watching all the first four episodes, you were in the camp as well of, I have no idea what's going on. Or some not knowing what's going on. But, but do you feel this episode did a really good job of explaining almost everything? Because um, I do. Possibly personally. or maybe at least half of it, you know, because what they did for the TV version versus the comics would have would would of course have to be recalled on my part um so and i'll have to explain to my wife who is interested if nothing else in the lead character of oscar isaac explain to what you know i'm going to tell her is going on oh he's just out of his mind you know he has these illusions or he he's out of he's, touch he's, in he's out, out of time him. yeah daryl hall and john Oates. but he's you. out of his head when he's not around oh 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 oh, oh. exactly so uh, barring, you know, having to explain what's what's going on along the way. Um, yeah, they're going to have to do, uh, I think, uh, some stepping up a little bit more to uh, to tie it all together for the next uh, the next episode. Because now I'm still not sure what I feel about the character of Harrow, of Ethan Hawke, uh, whether, which side he's on. I mean, he seems to be <laughs> helpful in this fifth episode with Mark, but not quite 100% sure. I think in a in a talk show interview... Uh, I don't know if it was Jimmy Fallon had said uh, some people are thinking that you might be your character might be Dracula or I forgot what the other character was which he kind of flat out denied but he was kind of so-so about the, the Dracula character I believe whether that could be who he who he is and uh, I I honestly don't know but the one character name that I think we may have heard for the first time in this series was in this episode and that of in the desert, in the darkness, seeing the the bodies strewn about, that uh, the you know Bushman was here possibly, and I said, "Oh, that's right." And I, he does get mentioned. Yes. Yeah. I was, it's like a passing mention, though, right? Yeah. Yes, and I wasn't sure if this was the first time we heard that name. No, or, I think we, it, it definitely was in the one series. Po- one before. Okay. But uh, but that reminded me to to go looking for my. Uh, Criminally Insane True Believers Bushman Issue, which reprints the cover of the first Moon Knight from from 1980. And I was able to do a quick read of that today and be more familiar and remember, oh, yeah, Bushman, yeah, skull-faced and uh, just, you know. He's certainly a character in a comic book. Wackadoo, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
But uh, in regards to this episode also, I want to bring up about the split personalities, and I'm going to pull up a tweet from Moon Knight Corps, and it says, legit spoiler warning for Moon Knight Episode 5. Obviously, you know, we're a podcast, we're talking about this, unless you made it this far, how the hell did that happen? But the the tweet was, okay, so just as a stopped clock is right twice a day, somehow all the stoner, yo, what if his third personality was actually Randall? Wouldn't that just totally subvert your expectations? (laughs) Guys may have been onto something. And the idea that the third personality could be his little brother, that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it would definitely help some of the That's an interesting thing. Would you say, in regards to the character of Randall, it's a good replacement for Jake Lockett this time? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but are, are we are we saying that the brother did actually exist initially, and then he, he created a third personality after the death? Is that what we think? What we're talking here? I'm not sure, to be honest. No, either I made a stup- I made a, a, a tangent connection, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with a Jake character in the seven was it seven books of Stephen King, The Dark Tower, and him being a kid. But I, I've, I've never read the uh, Dark Tower, but I've been to Dark Tower Comics in Newburgh, New York. Yes. R.I.P.D. <laughs> but R.I.P.D.T. In regards to, you know, one of the other things, I'm going. I want to go over to those uh, Moon Knight Five spoilers without context, and one of them is the Coca-Cola bottles. That yeah. I did not get. In regards to what that means. Yeah, I don't. I don't get that either. But the one I do get is Ned Flanders, and just the idea of him calling Haro Ned Flanders with the mustache, that's, it's very much the one, you know, element of his personality coming out, realizing, hey, I'm going to criticize him of this, and just have that snarky nature that these characters can be known for. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got about four or five hours. I think I'm in the same... Uh... I'm in the same boat as the uh, Coca-Cola quandary too, but but I did recall having or hearing, I think for the first time, that Conchu mentions Moon Knight in that term. You know, it, I'll be honest, that's one of those moments of oh my god, you guys, he said the thing. Like I loved the hell out of it, and I might have replayed that a couple times because I'm just like my <laughs> moon, what my, my fist of men- vengeance, my, my, my moon, moon Knight. Knight. Yes, like I loved it. It's it's. Yes, it's cheesy, like, what are we, some kind of suicide squad? What are we, some kind of Manchester by the sea? What if Batman begins? You know, it's like I love the idea of uh, – it's such a cheesy thing, but I do love it. I love mentioning the character in such a way like that. You know, my personal favorite one of all time, though, is uh, what is this, some kind of – Hot tub time machine, oh. or what is this? Some kind of hot tub time machine, two? Because they made a sequel. It, you know, it, it's such blatant fan service, but it, I, there's really there's a place for that. You know, there's time and place for that, and I think that works really well. I, yeah, because like fan service can you know be hit or miss, and I feel like the way the fan service worked with Conchu, F. Murray Abraham delivering the line with such. Power and mm-hmm. fury. My God, that was cool. Yeah, well, I love the hell out of it. Well, speaking of power and fury, towards the end of this episode, Nick Fury, Nicholas shows J. Up? No, Nicholas J. Stephen takes I don't know what weapon he has a baseball bat of some kind and fights these. I'm going to call them sand people. 
in, in helping out Mark. So we see from, from Star Wars. That's a see. Star Wars. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> that's a Star Wars. That's a Star Wars. That's Peter, a Star Wars. Peter Melnick style. Hashtag don't try this at home. That Stephen is becoming a, a more of a fighter now and helping out Mark in his alternate personality, however you want to call it. So so I'm wondering if we're we're developing more of a stronger Stephen personality in this episode kind of thing. Although he does fall off the boat and stay there and become frozen. Like, I don't know, I'm thinking of the T-1000 in that Terminator movie. That's really now, funny you mentioned. Yeah? What's, what do we think is the likelihood that this is all taking place in his head and, and what we're actually seeing is personalities coming together and... and essentially healing the split personality aspect. Yeah. That's why Stephen, quote-unquote, died. I could see that, because that way, you know, he brings the Stephen personality back in in the final parts of the episode, you know, in the final, quote-unquote, battle. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 100%. Right. Like, I could see that's the direction they're going in. Eddie? And then, you know, like we, we saw at the end of one of the other episodes where Stephen had woken up on the side of the bed, drinking the bottle, and him being in Egypt, now we have Mark in the field of reeds, I think is what they called it. Every time I heard the field of reeds, I'm just imagining a field of reed Richards. I know, it's right? Like nothing but clones. Like it, it's like the Council of Reeds. Yeah. Or the Council of Ricks from Rick, uh, Richard and Mortimer. But the idea, the idea of... It's either that or Field of Dreams, but, you know, if you build it, they will come. With Big Kev, Kevin Costner... Hey, shout out to Big uh, Zombie Sailor Toys, by the way. But in regards to uh, that that whole, you know, the field of reeds and just the way they never do make it to the quote unquote final destination, do they? Not in this episode. Yeah, right. They don't. Yeah, not explicitly. Uh, so, so yeah, some definitely, definitely some unanswered stuff going on here, and. It all gets tied up, hopefully, like Peter says, in a bow. Come episode six, the finale and final E. And, you know, it is funny because somebody pointed this out. Steven's death balanced the scale. Yes, that's correct. And it's one of those it's one of those heartbreaking things where somebody had to die. So technically he did die. Steven did die. So that makes me wonder. Was that a sacrifice and he won't come back now? That character can, or, you know, that personality can never come back. And now he could be replaced with Jake Lockie. He could be replaced with, with Mephisto. <laughs> always, in, always in the background. Yeah. Well, just like you said, could die and stuff. And, and that lady hippo pulling out the hearts of both Mark and Steven and them looking like stony, white stone kind of or, ornamental things. And yeah. Now we are on the final. We're in on the road to episode six being the grand finale of this series or season. We don't know; it still hasn't been confirmed. You know, is this a show that needs more than six episodes? Because I feel like in some ways it does. Like it, this should have been maybe at least ten episodes as opposed to the six. Right. A lot of unanswered questions still going. Yeah. Yeah. Last episode to leave it there. Now, for yourself, Jason, what is the biggest question that you have of these, you know, this series, like that has been, you know, you've been thinking of over the last few weeks? Well, you know, to me, the biggest thing, especially coming out of this episode, is like I said before, is this actually the quote, the quote unquote afterlife, or, or what have you, or is this all just taking place inside the tent? Is, is what we're seeing his manifestation of unpacking his trauma, and it's not actually really him in the afterlife. This is just him inside his head, and this is how he, he sees it with the most different personalities and, you know, going back to the, the life history and, 
you know, where where do we end up after this boat, especially even a real boat, or it's just taking place inside his mind? You know, where do we end up after that? I agree. I think this could very well be that that scenario. It's all in his mind. It gets all played out. It comes to some resolution, and then we wind up right. Where is he going to go? And maybe he's on a trip to Transylvania. Oh no! Well, <laughs> you know, in regards to the character of Mark Spector and Stephen Grant, this. This episode more so than the last one because we got more involvement of the two together in this one. Oscar Isaac acted his ass off, showing the differences between both personalities of Jake or of uh, I keep saying Jake, uh, Stephen Grant and Mark Spector. And I would say, you know, yeah, again, it's a testament of who he is as a performer. Yeah, playing literally two completely different roles. And it, it's funny because like. You know, he, you have all of those little intricacies of what can make a character so different. Like, you can literally take one character and then just have it be the opposite of every single point on that character. And he, he pulls it to a complete, he, you know, drives it to a complete 10. I've never heard use the term drives to, but I digress. And, you know, by the way, so I'm like looking up on the uh, Marvel Studios subreddit. Haro's degree has no school or signature. It just says degree in psychology. He also graduated December 13th, 2011, if that means anything. Mm. And the comment is the only big MCU events in 2011 were the Thor movies and Cap leaving the ice. So mm, all right. could that mean anything? Maybe it's holiday. I mean, I, I, I feel like we've, we've learned that a lot of, there's very little that doesn't have a Right, there's, you know, and it, whether it be dates, whether it be numbers, whether it be yeah. you know, uh, a mention of something, there's almost always something that it's tied to. Even if it's even if it's just a, again a fan service Easter egg, but like there's some sort of meaning. Nothing, almost nothing's ever just completely arbitrary. Now, in regards to one thing on this episode, somebody in the Marvel Studios subreddit also goes, "So, where does Mark's mom fall in the MCU's Mount Rushmore of shitty parents?" And she. <laughs> The next comment was, if we count Thanos as a parent to Gamora and Nebula, he's definitely at the top, but she's definitely up there with him. And now we also have to throw in Ego. <laughs> I would say whoever was the one that experimented on Rocket Raccoon is definitely a terrible parent. Oof. That counts. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, she, uh, just the whole, you did this. and It's all your fault. <laughs> They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> They're all going to laugh Thank at you. Thank you, Adam Sandler. Okay. Uh, child Protective Services in the MC, you must be having a field day now. I mean, ever since half of them were wiped out, you know, it's kind of, it, it's literally P.S. now. <laughs> but uh, Well, that's definitely another wow. angle to look at, thing, uh, you know, crappy parents, yep. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with uh, the whole element of the parent, uh, the, you know, the, one thing that I was kind of expecting, but I didn't think they would do it, acknowledging Mark's uh, Jewish heritage. I thought that was such a mm. interesting thing to finally, like, it took this long to, you know, incorporate it, but the way they did it, perfect. Not, to, you know, not to, you know, shoehorn, just like, his mother passes. We have to do sh uh, Shiva, you know? And you see him wearing the little yarmulke, and, like, mm -hmm. the... When you give somebody a prop for something, and you know, I'm at this moment, I'm just, you know, the, the yarmulke for him is a prop. Him pulling it off and, pu you know, punching it down 
that's the sign of a good actor where you can take something that's just so small and minute and show that acting range of your rage in that moment, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know where else to go with that conversation. Part. No, I think we covered a good amount of angles on this thing. Mm-hmm. But I would say for this episode of Moon Knight, you know, you also... Sorry, I'm looking through the Marvel Studios subreddit just for some other talking points for this because, to be completely honest, like this episode might honestly be my favorite of the series so far because it again, you know, as it's been stated, it's answered so many unanswered questions. It did a better job of explaining things that you know so many people I knew were curious about and were confused about because this show. Let me ask you both. Is this better to be watched weekly, or should this be a binge-all series? Because I've been telling people, binge-watch it, and I never suggest binge-watching. But this, I feel, is tailor-made for that. I'm not talking about Taylor Stenhouse or the Kinoplex. <laughs> well, I think the next episode's really going to kind of make you know make that call, depending how it wraps up and you know what avenue they go with to, to wrap up the story. I, but I think you're right. I think there's definitely a binge watch aspect to it and you know kind of doubling back on something you were talking about earlier with the fact that you know, people are saying that for the first two episodes three episodes they didn't really know what the hell was going on that seems to be kind of a hallmark of the, the marvel disney plus series right like the first yeah. two or three episodes are just very okay what's going on here and then about episode four and then going into five depending how long the series is just really kicks into high gear and pulls the whole story together and you're like okay this all makes sense you know, just like with uh, with one division, where the first three episodes were a sitcom, and obviously, if you knew where it was going, you understood. But if you didn't, if you're just a casual watcher, it's like, well, what the hell is this show, right? Right. Um, and then again, with Hawkeye, it started kind of slow, and then picked up as the series moved along. We started getting those fourth and fifth episodes. Um, I mean, this this Moon Knight kind of did the same thing here. It's really with four and five kicking into high gear. And you know. I want to I want to throw this out there by the way as I'm looking through the Marvel Studios subreddit again and one topic or one comment in there was the line of kill the hippo steal the boat and somebody replied to that with Mark don't you effing dare she is the sweetest hippo I've ever seen and she really was <laughs> but it's it's funny because this show we so far don't have any ties to the overall MCU like maybe one or two passing you know comments in the series but otherwise you know it's it's kind of been like just very like wait and see, ladies and gentlemen. Wait wait and see, true believers. Stand but, you alone. Know, stand alone. Yes. Stand but alone. Yes. One one thing is, I feel this is going to tie in with somebody, and it's somebody that no one really has said anything about, and it's kind of shocking. But in the last few years, Marvel has been like you know using Moon Knight a little bit more, a little bit more. And they've also been utilizing other characters because they have to tie in with the future of the MCU. And the future of the MCU in recent years, the rumor, you know, and all that has been it's going to be Kang the Conqueror. And if you read the uh, Acts of... Like, they did a... They brought back Acts of Vengeance for, like, just a random one-off annual for Moon Knight one year. It was in 2019. It was Moon Knight facing off against Kang the Conqueror. Moon Knight facing off against Kang the Conqueror which Kang is never one of his villains. The whole point mm-hmm. of Acts of Vengeance is, hey, we're going to have a character show up that you've never battled, like having the Fantastic Four fight Magneto or having uh, Spider-Man fight you know, against, uh, oh, I don't know, Stiltman. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just 
all these random characters, that's what Acts of Vengeance was. I have a weird feeling because in the Kang the Conqueror miniseries recently from Marvel, he was going off against Moon Knight. And he was also going off against him in the Acts of Vengeance. So could could Kang the Conqueror, tying in with that Egyptian folklore and all that, connect with Moon Knight? Yes, the way you just framed it, absolutely. Yeah. Because we have yeah, that's from from our, our other podcast discussion on Fantastic Voyage with the episode involving Ramatut, it's uh, later revealed that yes, this is a version of, if not Kang. The Conqueror. It's got to be. It's got to be Kang. It's got to be Kang. <laughs> I appreciate that reference. Anytime. <laughs> well, if, if I could just back up to... to ben. Back it up. Back it up. Thank you. <laughs> back it up to um, Binge versus Weekly. That's, that's tough to call because, you know, you have the option in a way of... Here it is week by week. You can choose to watch it so you're up on top current... And you and you have to wait the week till each as it's coming out, and then you can go back and do a binge. Of course, with a second viewing, you'll pick up more things and so on. So it might be tough to determine which you liked better. And I agree too as to the uh, the question of should this have been more than six episodes? And very quite possibly. Same thing with Loki and a couple of other the series that could have gone more than just six. But you know. Constraints, I think money mostly, will uh, taper it down to that. And, uh, you know, I think we're getting all kind of stoked and psyched and anxious for uh, the finale. Yeah, and I think a lot of that also depends on what, you know, what's the story they want to tell, right? Like, can can the narrative they're trying to tell within this, you know, self-contained show, is it, is it six episodes, is it a six hour, essentially, or whatever? Mm. Story, is it an eight hour story, is it a ten hour story? It just depends on, you know, what the... What they're trying, what they're trying to get out, of, right? The vision of the of the showrunner and what have you. Now, overall, again, you know, going back over into the overall elements of what this show has been is a confusing. I don't want to say mess, but a confusing puzzle for the audience. And it's been a puzzle I've been enjoying playing with every single week, just you know, trying to figure out which parts are going to go where in the overall tapestry of the MCU. And I'm I'm definitely excited to see where this goes. And this has been a show that's gotten a lot of mixed reactions from the Marvel fan base. Some people like it. Some people hate it. Some are indifferent. I've never seen such a divisive reaction for the, a show hmm. in a long time. Like, there, you know... Most of the MCU is generally well-received, with a few exceptions. <clears throat> Eternals. But, you know, there's definitely a strong reaction to this of you either love it or you hate it. And I have seen quite a fair share of people who hate the show. I'm a diehard loony for Mooney, and I'm enjoying it. And this episode helps seal the deal that, that you know, this... WandaVision and Hawkeye were my three favorites so far of the MCU Disney Plus shows. So, Jason, you go ahead. I'll, I'll wrap it up. I was going to say, I, you know, I think the, the fact that, like I said, it's really, as we're getting into these fifth and sixth episodes, really picking up momentum, I think it's going to change a lot of those minds and a lot of those, uh, you know, people that have been kind of on the fence about the series, especially. I feel like it's one of those, like you said, to watch it as a binge kind of wraps it up and, and you understand the 
the, the whole narrative of where they're, they're trying to go with the entirety of the story. I, I think watching it in pieces like it was released maybe does it a bit of a disservice from that aspect. Um, you know, once you once you see the show in its entirety and you kind of get the that, that, that you go, oh, okay, that's where we're going with the you know, the dissociative identity disorder and the, tra- the you know, childhood traumas and, and everything that makes Mark Spector who he is and, and Stephen also. But like, I, I think I think it's going to be a series that's going to be looked at better in hindsight than it is as it's coming out. I tend to agree with that too because yeah, looking at it for the second viewing, whether it's a binge or one by one. You'll get more out of it. You'll be again. Yeah. Oh, that's why that happened. Oh, I understand that. Oh, I didn't see that before. Whatever the case might be, and I think it would be bonkers in a sense that the Disney this, character. I love bonkers. This wraps up, and you know, can leave you. It's not going to be totally standalone. It could continue into something else, whether it's in the greater MCU or continuing on for this character. I think it's not going to be the end all and be all with the six episode finishing up. Um, and then back to the hate or, or love it, I, I can't see a grossly hating uh, feeling about this series. Is it because I don't think it's really I've that been seeing it so? Nice. I have been seeing it a lot, but I can't see where somebody is so stringent as to oh, you deviated from the character this You'd, much again, grossly. You know, like come you on, sh- you really should see the Moon Knight groups on Facebook yeah. where they're openly crying like man babies yeah. over the fact that certain elements of the character are not being honored. They're going on saying, you know, Mr. Knight is a terrible version of the character because Mr. Knight in the comics is blah, 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 blah. I'm like, it's a different interpretation. Yeah. Not everything is going to be static, and I get that. And that's why I always love when, you know, ugh, why did they change the ethnicity of a character? What does it matter? <sighs> so, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the walking contradiction comic book fans. Not you. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. I was doing the high like oh, the hippo hi. did at the end of the... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, pity me. <laughs> or at least, you know, a little gravitas. Well, w- w- WWE Hall of Famer Mr. T definitely pities you. Ah, the fool. Yeah. You uh, calling me a fool? Little pooper. <laughs> but Mr. T loves his mama. Loves his mama. <laughs> and his bling, apparently. <laughs> but... As always, Jason, thank you for guesting on the program, and I believe this is the second uh, recap show you've done with us. You were on one of our early episodes talking WandaVision, and then you were just on a standalone episode, and then another standalone episode, I believe, as well. So is this your fourth time on the show or third time? Uh, I feel like it's third. Yeah. I mean, we can make, we can make it a fourth. I'm always down to, get, to jump on with you guys here. 100%. Now, Jason, before we go, how can people get a hold of you on the worldwide interwebs, and how can also people see you on the TV box and streaming machines? Uh, well, uh, social media, I'm on uh, pretty much every platform that exists. Uh, Jason Ayers, WWE, on literally everything. The one that has a picture of a guy in a stripy shirt and possibly a blue check, that's usually me. Uh, and uh, you can also catch me pretty much every Friday night on uh, Fox TV on SmackDown. I'm the guy they try to shoot around in the stripes, refereeing matches. So, now Jason, with your uh, social media handle, how do you spell WWE? Uh, it's a W. <laughs> okay. Uh, followed by a second W. Okay, you lost letter. me. Right. <laughs> you, there's two W's. Two yes, and it's at the uh, quad U. Okay, so Jason, U U U U E. Yes, correct. Okay, perfect. Yes, that might get you. You know what? I'm about to change my handle now. Thank you. 
Make it VV so it makes a more accurate W U anyway. <laughs> Depends on the curve of the aperture. Yeah, exactly. So once again, Jason, thank you for guesting on the show and talking Mooney with us on this episode, which I believe you had titled Kanshu Gesundheit. <laughs> and an expensive thank phone you. call at that too. Going. Jeez. I appreciate it. Yeah. For the Marvelous, I'm Peter Melnick. I'm Jason Ayers. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.